This is Under Review on BIC Radio with your hosts, Clay Davis, Jeremy Goldstein, and Kyle DeSantis. Welcome to Under Review on BICRadio.org. I am your host, Clayton Davis, alongside Jeremy Goldstein and Kyle DeSantis. Guys, how are you guys doing this morning? You know, it's been a long week of, of, of homework and you know rejuvenating after yeah. the break, but we're ready for the show today. I'm excited. Lots to talk about. Probably the most we've had to talk about in quite a while. Definitely. The first thing I just wanted to mention, I just wanted to give a shout out to my younger sister, Jamie, who got into the University of Ohio State. Very proud of her. Um, for those that don't know, I have two sisters, and she is someone that works incredibly hard, and now I'm a huge Ohio State fan. Wisconsin, you know, old, I had an older sister who was who went to Wisconsin. I don't care anymore. It's it's over. Ohio State is everything now. Yeah, just all Buckeyes. Now. Hail all to the Buckeyes. state. Kyle knows. Hail to the state. Hail to the state. Hail to the state. There you go. Before we get into um, you know, everything that went on, obviously we've been we've been off for a couple weeks, but first to start off, the biggest news probably this week has been Deshaun Watson and coming back and him signing with the Cleveland Browns, despite there still being um, investigations against sexual assault for civil um, civil cases and everything. I just wanted to say that I just think that it is disgusting that, you know, this happened and this occurred. How the press – I don't know if Jeremy and Kyle, you guys watched the press conference and everything, but how it went was just so off, and it just shows that – they do not they did not care about the situation that was going on particularly i don't try to push everything that's going on um with that and i know we talk about sports and we try to have a good time but i feel like this is an important thing to talk about specifically with this case when it comes to the civil sa- civil suits that are going on there's still an ongoing investigation that's going on with Desha- with Deshaun Watson i didn't realize that when i first got the news and everything like that. But with these ongoing investigations, you know, you have these certain things that are going on and it, it just, it really rubbed me the wrong way. And the, the press conference and how they were talking about it. And Jim, er- the, the owner of the Browns wasn't even there. Yeah, yeah. He was on a zoom call. So I don't know if you guys have specific feelings about how that would, um, how that goes I, and everything. I think I compare it most to, I would say in thinking about in other sports, the Trevor Bauer situation, Yes, with his assault uh, accusations, but I think the difference here is you know Bauer's lawsuit is is settled. There's no third, there are, there's no federal investigation anymore. He was deemed not guilty, despite what people might think. And obviously, you never know what he actually did, but that was what the lawsuit was. And he's under the um, the issue now where he's under administrative leave because Major League Baseball is taking an extra amount of time to investigate the situation and determine whether to suspend him. My argument in that case is, look, you're allowed to suspend him, but make a decision already because there's there's not anything being government government uh, investigated anymore. In regards to Watson, I mean, if there's more federal investigations or civil investigations to be had, then I think it should be waited out a little bit longer. Yes, that's a great point, Jeremy. And I... 
honestly, with a conversation like this, I don't even really want to debate it because it's so complicated and you don't know what the women have specifically gone through in terms of the sexual assault cases that have gone on. So just for that reason, we're not not even going to like discuss or debate that. But Kyle, go ahead. You yeah, know, certain I'm not really going to debate the whole scenario. It's, it's kind of crazy as is. But I, I know for one thing, one thing that I kind of keeps in mind is obviously with the Browns before Deshaun Watson came up. Obviously, there was the whole there was almost it was a small little dilemma. It's kind of been swept under the rug because Watson signed what Baker Mayfield wanted out and Cleveland said no. So now you have Mayfield pretty much being a sitting duck on the team. And I understand he he might not be the the best quarterback. And actually, I'm kind of I'm looking up a split stats right now between Mayfield and Watson and Watson does lead him in most of the categories. But I, I understand that maybe if you can have an upgrade, but you can have an upgrade and you could try to get a better chance for your team to continue to win. But also, just with everything going on, it could just come as an outside distraction. I don't I don't know. That'll be something I'll be interesting with this season. How does Watson in Cleveland, under, how do they deal with all of these questions about what's happening and what's going on? And I don't know if it's going to be too much of a distraction for Cleveland outside once the NFL season actually starts. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that, Kyle. That was That was some great points that you made about that particular situation also. How is he going to, you know, yeah, looking from a football perspective, how is he going to be able to look and be able to be a part of this team now? It's almost like, I know this is kind of comparing like two completely different people, but it's almost like an Antonio Brown kind of scenario where obviously you have someone who off the field hasn't done, has been in not necessarily trouble, but it could be seen in different ways as trouble or whatnot or just allegations. But still, there is news about them outside the football field that can impact anything that happens on the football field. And it's something that, you know, the Browns and Watson, they're going to have to keep that in mind. And again, like I said, it's just going to be an interesting scenario come once the NFL actually starts. And the NFL is going to be interesting. I don't know if this is a good transition, but... While the NCAA tournament's happening, and we're going to talk about that soon, free agency's been going crazy out there. Yeah, free agency has been going crazy, and I would agree with that. Is there any—before we, you know, kind of just, like, you know, we talk about the situation before we head into, like, the good stuff, do you guys have any final points just about the whole situation, maybe even with Baker Mayfield, and just with that, and how the Browns have kind of let him loose and have not really considered him at all? I don't know if you have any points, Jeremy or Kyle, I think about part, that. I think part of it is Baker. I don't know how much he really wants to be there anymore. He did request a trade. He did say he wants out. So I feel like the Browns do have the right to go get another quarterback. It's just the quarterback they got is in a very controversial situation right now that has that's that has a lot of unfinished business before it's determined whether he really should be playing football. So... Also, another, speaking of other bad scenarios, I don't know if anybody else saw this on Twitter with yes. Rashawn Holmes. Yeah. Oh, yes. yes. About how he yes. apparently abused his child. He should be gone for life. Yes. So, I, I remember I saw you you posted yes, that on Twitter I, about that. Yes. So, yeah. If you want to, Jeremy, if you want to explain like, no, just the situation just, or anything no, like that. I mean, I just think that it's another moment that we've seen way too many times that shouldn't be tolerated in professional sports, but... I mean, that's all I really have to say about that. Yeah, it's it's something that, you know, 
We have to understand, too, and I think this is like the final point, and if you guys have final points, too, athletes are people, too. And I think that's what we have kind of seen with the whole Deshaun Watson situation. And it's just disgusting what happened. I thought this was over. You know, with Time's Up and that whole movement that was going on when we were in high school and everything, and just seeing this, it just it leaves a sour taste in your mouth that... You know, these people in power, they don't really consider what the victims are particularly going through, and they just care about, oh, this quarterback is, you know, is good for our team, so why don't we get him? Yeah. And it's just a terrible situation. I don't know if you guys have similar, you know, viewpoints on that as well. It is. It's just a, it's a situation where it, I feel like there's no real beneficiary when it comes to the quarterback, considering he's doing... Obviously, everything outside the field, whether it's the team that signed the quarterback in the case of Cleveland and Deshaun Watson, it's just not a good look for anyone all around. No one benefits from it, and it's just just a dud all all around. It's just a dud all around. That's a good final point. Jeremy, do you have any final points on the Deshaun Watson situation before we head into some more more lighthearted stuff that's been going on? I, I think I've said it all. Awesome. Thank you guys for that. Now let's head into some fun stuff that's been going on. St. Peter's! St. Peter's won last night. It's it's amazing what happened. So for those that don't know, St. Peter's beat... Kyle, you, you want you want me to go through? I can go through all the teams. Go through it. I'll go through it. I'll go through it. So they beat Kentucky in overtime in the opening round. Then they beat Murray State, which kind of stung for me. I had them going all the way to the elite eight in my bracket. I'm not going to say too much about that. Then they beat Purdue last night, and now they're going to be playing this weekend against North Carolina. That's amazing. It's such an incredible story what's been going on. St. Peter's is the first New Jersey regional school, state school, to reach the Elite Eight since 1991. From a New Jersey perspective, I know you guys are from New York. But this is huge. We don't have very good basketball teams, to be honest. Besides high school, Rutgers Rutgers had its moments this season. Yes, Rutgers had their moments this season, but nobody like this. So what would you guys say? I know you guys don't have a strong affiliation with St. Peter's, but what would you guys say in terms of, you know, the whole celebration or anything that was going on with the games? It's, you know... It's, you you expect crazy things to happen in March Madness, but you don't expect this. Yes, I agree. I going into this game, I thought Purdue was going to wipe the floor with them. I will be completely honest with you. I had no faith that St. Peter's was going to be able to keep the run up, especially with Jaden Ivey. You have uh, Travion Williams off the bench who has scored twenty for them against Texas last game, and then you had Zach Eddy, the seven four big that plays a lot of minutes for them at center. So I just thought there was too many dimensions that St. Peter's was going to have to worry about going into the game, and I mean they just they played fundamentally sound basketball, and I think the guy you have to credit most of that is Shaheen Holloway, who has really been really uh, he's been a phenomenal coach for that team. He really has. He's very soft spoken and he's well spoken. He says all the right things at the right times. He doesn't want to. He doesn't like to be caught up in the celebration. He just wants to play basketball because he can. He really considers them to be a national championship contender, and he's proving himself to be right so far. That is very true. That's a great point. I remember I was watching Sports Center this morning, and the kid Edert, Doug Edert, yeah, Doug, Doug, Edert. Doug, Doug Edert, he was talking in the press conference, and he was saying, "We're not done yet. This isn't over for us. We want to continue to progress and have a great time." Kyle, to your point. How has St. Peter's been looking? And do you think that they could potentially 
head into a national championship or e- even go further. They're going to play, gonna play uh, UNC. UNC. So what do you, what do you think? Like, what are their chances? Well, I'm just first off for that. I'm going to look at it from a perspective because I, I'm not necessarily a St. Peter's fan, but I grew up. My dad graduated from Manhattan College, so I've grown up and I've been seeing nice, I've been nice. seeing MAC games pretty much for men's basketball for a long time. I've seen St. Peter's a few times when they've come down to Manhattan and Dratty Gymnasium, and it, it is such a cool sight to to see a team from the MAC conference the. Two A's, M A A C, not the M A C. But it's just such a cool sight to see a team actually going far in the tournament, coming from that mid-major area. And especially if you're looking at it from a historical perspective, this is the farthest that obviously a MAC team has gone. You know, they a team made it to the second round in 2012, and since then, you know, and where they always are, you know, they don't have that much say in the actual bracket sense. You know, they usually it's the the team that wins the entire conference and the conference playoffs, and they usually find themselves like St. St. Peter's is. They're in like a 15C. No one really looks at them anything. I know Iona was there for the last five or six years, and they would get eliminated in the first round. But in, in this case, St. Peter's has really just flipped that narrative on its head again. You, you defeat Kentucky, which is one of the more, not necessarily qualified, but one of the most well-known college basketball programs of all time in the opening round, and then you continue that against Murray State and then Purdue. And now, next thing you know, you're facing another amazing candidate in North Carolina. So, honestly, from the MAC perspective, it's so cool to see, you know, like, obviously with how much St. Peter's moving on. I know another thing is there's, like, a little incentive where more money is going to be able to go to those schools, so they're going to have more budget and whatnot. It's... It's great to see, honestly, with St. Peter's, it's, it's a Cinderella story that anyone could really say, like, oh, yeah, this you could believe that this is going to continue. You could believe that could continue going forward. And although the game against North Carolina is going to be interesting, I'm just happy that they've gone this far. I'm, I'm excited as well. I think that it's it's really great. This is what sports is all about. This is what I thought about this morning. You know, we get caught up in the hysteria of, like, trades, people, personalities, you know, what they're doing outside of sports and everything. This is a team that I believe has just heart all the way. And that was a great point that you said, Kyle. They have so much heart, and they're. I I personally think that they could beat UNC. I don't know how you feel, Jeremy. People were writing them off. I was listening to sports radio and everything. They said that these guys can't shoot. I don't know. Jeremy, I don't, what, do, what do you think I mean, personally? of course they can beat. UNC, I've been proven wrong three, two out of three times. I thought they could have beaten Murray State, but I thought I thought it would ended there. But of course, they can beat. They beat Kentucky. They beat Purdue, who arguably are two of the best teams ever in the tournament going into the whole thing. So why, why? I I feel like you would be kind of a fool to say they're not. They can't beat UNC because they've proved everybody, everybody wrong so many times. Yeah, very true. I would agree with that. Transitioning over to other games that have been going on in the NCAA tournament, Kansas beating Providence, other schools as well, also winning Houston um, as well. Houston, Nova, Nova. Duke, Arkansas. I have Duke, Arkansas. I have Duke, Arkansas. I have winning my whole bracket, but the thing that really kind of took me out of the big pool that I've been with a bunch of other other competitors was the Texas Tech game. I had them in the in my finals, and they did not beat Duke. That was a bit of a heartbreaker in terms of rooting for my brackets. Who who is this, Jeremy? Texas Tech. This was Texas Tech. I had Texas Tech in my 
final two. Me too. Yeah. I'm, I'm pulling up mine right now. I got to see. I, I think I know I had I had Texas Tech in the Elite Eight. I had them actually defeating Duke, and then they lost. And originally my— I can talk about losing to Tech. You had Gonzaga losing, and they Zach. lost around before. So. I believe I, I did. T- yeah, that's why. That's why they're in the final two. Yeah, yeah, the for, same way. Yeah, uh, my bracket again. It's it's dead. I had Gonzaga winning the whole thing, like a lot of people in this country. It of didn't course. work out that well. You saw Chet Holmgren, and you were like, "Oh, this kid is the next He's seven oh, feet speaking tall." Speaking of Chet Holmgren, yeah, oh, this kid is the next. Here we go. Run. I, I can't. I can't even believe it. He can dunk. He's a shoot. He's unbelievable. Speaking of Chet Holmgren, I would. I think it's a pretty safe bet that at most one of my social media followers is, is listening to this show right now, especially on Twitter. But during the Gonzaga-Arkansas game, I tweeted – because I saw this in Memphis, in the game against Memphis, and I saw this in the game against Arkansas. I really do not understand how Chet Holmgren's a lottery pick. I don't know either. Thanks. So, so we got Clay on my idea. side as well. I He's, had people on my side in this case, but I, I had a lot of people – Telling me how terrible of an opinion this was, pretty much not holding back, saying that I should I should just shut up or whatever whatever it is. I know exactly who you're talking about because I saw on Twitter. Yes, yeah, you can go on my Twitter. You can find out any, anybody who's been doing that. And but here's my here's my explanation. Everybody's telling me he can shoot the ball and he can block shots and he's a multi-dimensional player, which I really don't understand. By the way, this guy is seven foot one ninety. Player player comparisons. Yes. My, somebody, my, somebody help me come up with this one in my daily Knicks group. Dragon Bender, a seven footer <laughs> who can shoot Dragon the ball. Yeah. Where, did he, where is he? G League at best right now. <laughs> he, he's in. Uh, if you he's playing in the Euro League. You right want to talk actually. about? Thank you, Kyle. You want to talk about tall, lanky guys? Kristaps Porzingis, who was a very similar build and even taller going into the league. Uh, I, don't, I don't know about that. He was I solid mean, for Porzingis a while. Is like different. Solid for a while. He can't play half a season. He can't stay healthy. His knee is messed up. And, and so I, I just I don't understand. Chet Holmgren can't put the ball on the floor from the arc and get into get inside. I just don't see how guys like Paolo Bancaro or Jay Nivey or Jabari Smith are, are are supposed to be picked after him. I don't understand that either. It makes no sense to me. Ben Matherin, all these other guys, I'd much rather have Ben Holmgren, people are more harsh than me. I know people who think he's not even a first-round pick, and I would honestly agree with them more than the fact that he's a lottery pick. I don't see it. Do you think it's just like that they're caught up in the hysteria? Jalen Suggs hasn't even been that doing that well with Orlando I know. either. Well, you know, it's his first year. I understand that, but why is why are people so gravitated towards Gonzaga? I think because Gonzaga is a good program, and you know, they don't play anybody good. No. They, they, I think St. You know, Mary's is good, but that's about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying like, to pull up in terms Gonzaga's of like, season. In Jeremy, general. when you look at it nationally, they're not they're not playing anybody. They're not in the Big Ten. They're not in the Big East. Right, and, and you, I know we have that East Coast mentality, but that that's sort of your point. Also, and you, you look at Drew Timmy, who I think arguably requires the majority of the attention on that team. If anything, that helps Chet Holmgren. And again, you can argue about the officiating against Arkansas, but against Memphis and Arkansas, he did not. He was in foul trouble the entire way. He was, yeah. So how? That's I, what I just, happened. He fouled out on the biggest the stage, the game, and that's how he lost. I don't look. I, I said Lamelo Ball would be a bust. He's a better player than I expected him to be. And I, I said Lonzo Ball would also be a bust. But and, but you can argue that both of them are not worth the the draft pick they were selected at. If Chet Holmgren selected first overall, I will be. Dumbfounded. I will not understand it. 
For those that don't know, Chet Holgram is 19 years old mm-hmm. also. He was born in 2002, and he is really young. I'm older than him. That's ridiculous it, It's to ridiculous, me. too. And I think, well, Kyle, no, Kyle's, no, the, same, he, Kyle's he, the same age, No, right? uh, he was born in May 2002. I was in August, so he's, he's got a few months on me. A few months on you. But that's crazy. But regardless of that... He's so young. Why are these? Why doesn't he want to develop his game? He just got here. The, why is why is he not developing his skill set? Obviously, if he if he really cared, up. if he yes, if he really cared and everything, and not to like be judgmental with him because he's much better than we'll ever be. Yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But if he really cared, he would stay with Gonzaga and build up his skill set and get bulky, like you said, Jeremy. And I totally agree with that. Don't point. get me wrong. I, I, if, I'm, if I'm missing somebody, please correct me. The players who have come out of Gonzaga in years past, Jalen Suggs, like you mentioned, and then Kelly Olynyk. Those Olenek, are the only yeah. two I can really remember. Adam if... Morrison. Who's Morrison? Morrison was the guy. He was the second pick in 2007. Oh, Corey, Corey Kispert Corey as well. Kispert, Corey Kispert, Rui, yeah. Rui Hachimura as well. Rui Hachimura. Brandon, Brandon Who Clark. Who has kind of been a bust, too, with the Wizards, I would say. He's, he's been solid off the bench. I mean, he's shooting he, the three ball really you could, well. You but could he's te- not even you a could, like, You could technically make the argument that the, the best player to come out of Gonzaga in the last few years was... Uh, Sabonis. Sabonis, yeah. Sabonis in yeah, 2016. Yeah, Sabonis, Sabonis back in 2016. Yeah. You can make that argument. I didn't argument. even know he went there, to be he honest. Even, yeah, and he wasn't even like he wasn't even a top five pick. So my point, I, I could be wrong about that too. I don't even know. But I don't think he was. But anyways, I I just don't see it in Chad Holmgren. I, I see a guy like Paolo Bencaro who's 6'10". Yes, I agree. Really well built. Shoots the three exceptionally well. Can 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 take for the guy one-on-one. For those that don't know, that's the guy from Duke, Duke right? yes. yes. And people are saying he should be selected fourth while home runs should be selected first. I don't understand it. There are plenty of seven-footers in the NBA that I think you're better off with right now, including Mitchell Robinson, including, I don't know, uh, even Robert Williams I'd rather have. You shout yeah, out to yourself. Like, he's not even a seven-footer. Yeah. I think he's a better interior presence than Chet Holmgren right now. And obviously he's still in college and he's not in the NBA yet. Yes, but 100%. I just don't see how he differentiates so much that makes him special from other NBA bigs right now. I don't know either. And I think I've talked to Knicks fans just casually about it, and everyone wants Sh- Jaden Ivey. Where are I the would love Kni- Jaden Ivey. Where would the Knicks be if, like, if they continue? Like, I know we don't. I personally don't like tanking, but you guys I, would. No, I don't like you, tanking. I don't like tanking either. Yeah, but if the Knicks continue to lose, like, what's the highest they can pro- possibly get? I don't know. I think, well, you can get anywhere, but the lottery is the lottery. Jay Nivey, the Knicks have to really get lucky if they were going to select him. Right. My if we're switching, if we're transitioning to NBA now, my ideal, yeah, go ahead. my ideal scenario for the Knicks is you take R.J. Barrett. You're like you call Utah, the Utah Jazz. Hopefully, if say the Utah Jazz get eliminated round one, you call the Jazz up. All right. Hello? Besides Hello, R.J. Utah? Besides R.J. Barrett, what can we give you for Donovan Mitchell? Because Donovan Mitchell, really? there were rumors at the beginning of the season. That if he they were a first round exit, he might want to leave. Obviously, it's a rumor. I'm not saying it's true because oh, the media likes to interpret a lot of things nowadays. But if Donovan Mitchell is a, his dad pitched for the Mets, he's a big Mets fan himself. He's from Greenwich, Connecticut, which is pretty much on the border of yes. New York. It's, yes. it's around where it's, it's close to where I live. You, can, I, I have, I would have a hard time believing Donovan Mitchell would not welcome the opportunity to play with the Knicks and help be a part of getting that franchise a championship. 
I, I agree. I, what would the Knicks need to do? I think you give up a couple first-round picks, maybe a second. You have to get a couple of your guards, so you take Grimes, Quentin Grimes, Emmanuel quickly, and Deuce McBride, and you probably give him two of those guys. You maybe give him Obi Top and Julius Randle. And then you have to give him Julius Randle or Evan Fournier because Mitchell's on his extension money right now. So you have to match that with one of the Fournier-Randle contracts, which will help level it out. So that would be... The ideal situation for Th- that's for true. That's a great point, Jeremy. It's just so early. Like how it's early. Really, you, you know how you can like really judge that. But it's a good idea. I I would say, Kyle, how do you feel about Jeremy's proposal? You know, with Donovan Mitchell potentially, you know, with that trade that could potentially happen. Do you feel as though that Donovan Mitchell has kind of hit his point, like hit his peak, or would you he's say that he peak. still has a lot of a lot of room? He, no, he's young. I you, you I feel like young. though. I feel like with Utah. You know, they're a team that, at least at this point, you know, they're they're probably they're always going to be in the playoff picture, but they don't get that far. And, they don't. you know, that that's something where, again, I know, I think he's a, he's a Mets fan, right? I see him tweeting about... Yeah, his dad pitched for the Mets. So yeah, he, 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 he tweets about, he is, he's, he's tweets about the, the end, Mets all the time. The like, press honestly, he yeah. would... I feel like he he would he wouldn't mind and he would I feel like he would would love to play in the New York environment and again I was also looking at the the Knicks we were talking about potential like drafts and whatnot like right now the Knicks would probably be like this is the first round this is tankathon.com I don't know how professional it is but no, they, it's, it's the right thing it is the right thing yeah. okay but currently they have Knicks at the twelfth. 12th pick in the first round and 42nd in the second. They're literally the best non-playoff team in the NBA right now. Wow. And, yeah. And yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Their, their mock draft, I know uh, Jaden Ivey came up. The mock draft has Ivey going fourth overall to Oklahoma City. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's pretty unrealistic. But going back to the top 10, so right now Utah. Do it, they really need him? Yeah. The Thunder, do you think? He'd be great. Anybody can use Jaden Ivey. Yeah, but anyways, but going back to the the, the West, we'll go back. We can get back to that later. Yeah, I apologize. The Jazz, yeah, no worries. The Jazz, I think, are going to be playing Dallas. They have the same record. They're the four and five. But something else worth else, else worth noting is the Lakers are two games away from being out of the playing game. Wow, who have they been beating? The, 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 well, so they're tied well, with the Pelicans. The Lakers, who have they been playing? They're though? tied with the Pelicans at nine and ten. And the Spurs, the Spurs are two games behind both of them. Okay, Lakers but how just how is that possible? They've Lakers been just all lost. These games. They've lost two out of the last four. The Lakers, uh, because yeah. let, let, let's be honest. Let's be honest. When you have so much talent on the Lakers team, you don't care about the regular season. You're just focusing about getting to the playoffs. If the Knicks were you don't, in the West. You don't care about, it's like, oh my God, it's a big matchup. You know, you have LeBron, honestly. Maybe, obviously, yeah, obviously last year, you know, yeah, they lost in the first round. But I feel like with the future, it's always been, and how, how it's always been with, with the Lakers and the LeBron team is, you know, in, in the regular season, you know, it's it's more of a, okay, we have a few months to play basketball and we have the talent to win and they win. And sometimes they lose games where maybe they should have win, but they don't. And then obviously comes the playoffs time and that's when they're like, okay, now we have to turn it up and we actually have to go. That That's just what I've seen. And I know this season, especially with the Lakers is interesting because obviously coming off of the what happened last postseason? You, you got to get oh, back into yeah. shape. And they and, lose to the Warriors and, in the playing tournament. Yeah, and it, it's it's not a good look, honestly. Just the Lakers haven't. It's been such a, a weird thing to watch with the Lakers this year. It, it's been very true. One one point I did want to make about the Lakers just before I had your point, Jeremy. LeBron's been having fun. He's just. I don't know if he's having fun. I think he's just playing well. He's definitely not. He doesn't like losing. He does not like losing, but it feels as though that like. Passing, maybe just for him personally, individually, p- 
passing Carl Malone for the second most points ever in NBA history. He'll have, he'll, he'll he, have the most. He, he, he enjoys no, that. No, he'll, he'll have it. Yeah, yeah definitely will. Jeremy, but, you, you yeah, were going to have a point. I want to say if the Knicks were in the West, they'd be the ninth seed. But there's a lot, there's so many interesting races that I feel like we all have to, t- to talk about. Starting in the East, four through one is a, separated by a game. I know yeah. player Celtics are yes. chasing that one seed. <laughs> Here's the deal, though. I think, honestly, maybe if they get the th- I think the three or four might arguably be better. Because if the, if they end up in the one or two, they're in danger of having to play Brooklyn in the first round. I agree. And, if, they're, and they're they're kind of on the rise. They and they're, play, starting, if, they're starting to get better. Yeah. And Eric Adams just right. ended, the, ended the mandate. Right. That was ridiculous, by the way. What by the way. That, what was uh, that? Honestly, from, from, like, from, from what I've seen with that, People are thinking that the, or at least I'm just from like randomly seeing stuff on Twitter. I feel like that was more like the camel that the straw that broke the camel's back was probably that baseball was coming back and the Yankees were Mets. Right. Then the, the Brooklyn Nets do not have power in New York whatsoever. No, they let's, do not. let's be completely honest. They do not. And I don't go into politics like with mass or anything. No, like yeah, that, I understand. Just how? I'm sorry, Kyle. I put, I cut you off. What were you going to say? No, no, I, I understand that. It's it's just this whole Kyrie thing is it's been a circus. Yes, it really has, and. It feels like there's a vendetta, like, with Adams against Kyrie. I don't know. Like, I don't personally know how the particular politics go, but it just it feels like that's the case. But nonetheless, your point, Jeremy, if you had a point about no, that. Yeah, I, I, look, I, I'm, all, I'm all for the vaccine as you, can, as you can be, but I think at the point where you're allowing him to attend the basketball game and not be able to play in it, I think that's when it's a little ridiculous. Either have him not come to the stadium at all or let him play in at this point. At this point, like I just was, let I was okay with it. It's it's yeah. it's an exemption for athletes and performers. Fine, uh, I I don't really care anymore about what they, their, their decision making. It, it, I think it's better for sports if they do play. I guess. But, I mean, it, it was so bad. I mean the 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 uh, the Nets game where they were playing the Knicks. I don't know if you guys. Yeah, he, he was there, yeah, and he was there, and he was just high fiving fans and stuff. It was so weird. Yeah, it's just that's just a that's not it a reasonable. It's not reasonable. It just didn't make any sense. He's on the team. Why not just let him play? Like just sit on the bench. But, He's just going there as a fan. Right. Like what? What's going on here? But back to basketball. Back to the race. Go ahead. Yeah. I think the Celtics are better off in the three or the four where you either have – or maybe even wherever the Raptors end up. You just want to avoid Brooklyn because the Bulls mm-hmm. are not playing good basketball right now. Um, they are not. I would agree with I think that. the Celtics – Plus or less, too. I like the yeah. Celtics matchup against them, especially with how Tatum's playing. And then if they end up playing, you know, Cavs at the three if – if, if they match up three to six, that's also a really good matchup for Boston. But if they, if, if they end up getting to that one seed and then Brooklyn ends up making it out of the play-in game first – or excuse me, last, then, then then they're screwed. But if they end up in the two-seed and Brooklyn wins the playing game first and they have to play Brooklyn in the first round, and last year this did not work out so well for them. For those that don't know, what we're talking about is, is we're talking about the Eastern Conference standings right now. So just going through, I'll just go through just in terms of what's been going on. So you have the Miami Heat, who are 47-27. and 27. They're the top seed, but they've been losing a lot of games. They've lost three straight. They lost in the Knicks, obviously, last night, and we'll get into that. Um, as we hit the half-hour mark of our show on, under review on BICradio.org. But second team is the Philadelphia 76ers, who's 46-27. and 27. They're, And also the Bucks, who are also 46-27. and 27. They're a half game behind the Miami Heat. Then you have the Celtics, who are a game back of the Heat, 
the Bulls, who are 42 and 31, and then you have the Cavaliers and the Raptors, who are the six and seven seed, 41 and 32, five and a half games back of the Miami Heat, and then you have the Brooklyn Nets, who are 35, 38 and 35. They've only lost one game. They they've won six out of their last ten, and then you have the Hornets and the Hawks that would potentially play into the play-in tournament. But I just wanted to just get that just because, you know, for listeners that don't know. Who in the East right now, for you guys, a personal question, would you say is the top? We have about, like, 8 to 10 games left in the regular season for the NBA standings. Who would you guys say is, like, the most, the best team that you would say, like, is efficient enough to get into the playoffs and make an everlasting impact? So, at first, going back a week ago, I said it was the Heat. But the Heat have had a, a bad stretch. They lost a game to, I forgot who it was. They lost to a bad team the other day. And they lost to the Warriors without Draymond, Stephen, Clay, and had an argument on the bench. And now they just lost to the Knicks after being up by 17 in the third quarter. The Knicks not doing too hot right now. But, you know, Emmanuel quickly, big part of that run, outscoring them 38 to 15 in the fourth quarter. The Heat, if they don't get this together then they're pretty screwed in terms of because they could end up playing Brooklyn. Any of these top four teams, Clay, is going to end up with the Nets. And that is crazy to think about because as much as I do not like Brooklyn, I can't take away their talent. I have to – if we're going with a favorite, though, I think I'm going to go with the Milwaukee Bucks. You're going to go with the Milwaukee Bucks. I understand the Celtics are hot. It's not biased. I just don't know if they're going to be able to play at this level against all these good teams for this long. You know why they're a really good team? They just got Brooklyn Lopez back. No, I'm talking about the Celtics. I don't, oh, you're I, talking about the Celtics. I don't know if the oh. Celtics can play at this level they're playing at now and do it for this long in the playoffs against all these good teams. I go back and forth on that because they have, to be honest, Jeremy, the turning point this week is when they beat Denver and Utah, and they killed them this week. They won by 30 Utah's points Utah's not doing each. too hot right now. Yeah, I know that, but you think the West, for years, for those that don't know <laughs> basketball— and, you know, talking about it, the West has always dominated. They've always been the conference that has always had the best teams. And that's still potentially true. It feels like there's a sway that is going towards the East now, where there's a lot more better teams that are being more efficient. I think personally that the Celtics are playing better than expectations are going on. I don't remember, like, what, you know, the lines are or whatever. You know, it doesn't really matter, but... They have been playing so good. They've been playing as a team. They've been playing as a unit. Jalen Brown, Tatum putting up 20-plus numbers every single night that they've been playing. And Marcus Smart has been a huge contributor in that. He's been assisting the ball. He had nine assists in the Utah game. He played unbelievable. It's It's been absolutely nuts that's been going on. But, Kyle, what do you think in terms of Jeremy just said that the Bucks are going to be the team to win in the East? Who do you think specifically is going to you know make a huge impact? Honestly, I, I feel like it's it's kind of up in the air again because you have the top four seeds separated by by a game, which should really honestly shouldn't be that close. If you, if you look at the West, the Suns have already won sixty games. Yes, and they have a, a nine game lead over the Grizzlies, but I, I feel like I don't really know if I have a choice right now. I 
I don't know if I want to go Celtics because again they are on a hot streak right now, but I don't know if it's sustainable. But I feel like yeah. one one thing that that could be interesting is I would try to maybe watch the rest of the season from like the 76ers point of view because they have some big games that they have coming up. They have against they have Phoenix, they have Milwaukee, they have Cleveland again, they have Charlotte that's been on a roll, and they have Toronto as well. So I, I feel like if you want to just have a focus on a different team and maybe see some some good basketball because again it is the second seed in the Eastern Conference. I would try in 76ers. You would say the 76ers. Yes. They played really well last night. Yeah, they, they beat, they beat the Clippers. I feel like they've established a, a great Yeah, you know, one, well, once that chemistry gets down, that's a duo that could that could go toe to toe with anybody. So That's very if, true. If, if that chemistry continues throughout the rest of the season into the playoff time, playoffs could be really interesting. The the 76ers beat the Clippers last night 122 to 97. In terms of the 76ers players that we just talked about, Joel Embiid and James Harden, Joel Embiid is definitely a, would you guys say, is an MVP candidate for this year, right? Would you guys say? Harden, no. No, Embiid, yes. Embiid, Embiid, yes. Embiid had 27 points, and then James Harden had 29, so. He's averaging 20, he's averaging almost 30, he's averaging almost, he's averaging a double-double. He's nearly at 30 and 10. He's like 29 and 11 right now. But yeah, and it comes to an MVP perspective. And looking at the the last five games, he's had thirty five, thirty two, twenty one, thirty, and twenty seven the points. So he's he's had a double double in four of his last five games, and he's been definitely great, very efficiently. If you're looking at MVP, he's going to be on there. He definitely is, and I I would say that you know it's Embiid, and then. Maybe, I mean, do you guys have other people that you guys would say, like maybe Giannis, I would say? I mean, I don't really look like I nationally. Think, I think I, MVPs are I so... I really think early. it's down to Jokic I'm, I'm, I'm and NBA. You think it's Jokic and NBA? Yeah, yes. I'm just looking at the NBA.com. They have the... the I think Tatum's NBA a three. Tracker. I think Tatum's a three. Would you guys say? Would you guys agree? Tatum's a yeah, three. Yeah, that could be so. Yeah. Yeah, right now for the top three, they have... Embiid, Giannis, and Jokic. Embiid, Jokic, and Giannis. That makes sense. Yeah. And then is Tatum four? I'm trying to see this. It's just the top three. This is what the. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm looking through here. It's Embiid at one, Jokic at two, Giannis at three, Tatum at four, Luca at five, and then it's like Ja, Devin Booker, Demar Derozan, KD, and Cat. I feel like there's been a switch with MVPs. This will be a quick point, but I feel as though that now there is a switch where now there's players that are playing more efficiently in terms of all-around basketball. Would you agree with that? Instead of it being a three-point shooter like Steph Curry, who won it multiple times, as well as Kevin Durant as well. Kevin Durant is also up there, but he's been hurt like you know, majority of the year as well. So I don't know how you guys feel about no, that. No, Durant's been hurt too much. You can't – I have issues with people getting awards after being hurt for more than half the season. So I, I'm out on that one. You're, you're out on that yeah. one. I got you. But, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't put him in, like, a, a top three over some of the other contenders. Like, obviously, he's, like, in the top ten, which makes sense. But then again, if, if you're not on the court, it's hard to get the most valuable player when you're not there all the time. No, definitely very true. In Any the, yeah, go in ahead. In the West, uh, yes, in the West, yes. Let's I talk about the it, Western Conference. Yeah, I, I mean, we'll get into baseball. I'll close it. But yeah. in the West, a team that I think is being slept on, and you know, I, I think the Timberwolves have established themselves as a as a good team. I think they're going to do really well for themselves, especially if they get out of the play-in. 
But the Denver Nuggets, I, there's a player on the Denver Nuggets that I think is really not getting enough attention paid to him. Bones, Bones Highland. Highland. Yes. Yeah, you got it. Bones Highland. You got it. Off Bones the bench. Highland. I love him. So Monty Morris has been starting at the point guard because Jamal Murray's been out with the ACL injury, and that resulted, resulted in Bones Highland, the rookie playing the, the playing the backup point guard position. That guy can play. He is literally. I will geek out for. Super I, for I will geek out for Bones Highland. He's I a will. stud. I like him. He has a crazy story I think about where his family was in a fire when he was young. Really? Really? And I think he lost family members when he was at, at a young age. Oh, that's horrible. And I think he's called Bones because of how skinny he is. I did not know that. I but never knew where he got that nickname from. I think so I believe so. But he really shoots the ball exceptionally well, plays that back and point guard position with grace. He's a he's a stud. I like him. He went to VCU, and he's been a rookie that has definitely – with. Everything that's been going on, Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. not being in the rotation for the Denver Nuggets, he's definitely been a huge player that has that has kind of stepped up. Yeah, Kyle, do you have any points? And, on And especially Island? just kind of looking at his last five games, you know, against Phoenix, he had twenty three off the bench, and he's just someone where again you could score in double digits, and he seems to be pretty efficient from three again in his. Last five games, he's had at least two threes made, and and the assist column, he, he can dish it out as well. He's had three, four, he had seven in that game against Cleveland. So it's good, especially also from a from a bench perspective, because a lot of teams, you know, you have the star power, but not necessarily the bench. But then you have someone that can come off the bench like a Bones Highland, where you know they could drop like ten, fifteen, twenty points. It, it's it just makes your team that much more difficult because you have to focus on some of the other members of the bench unit. The the Nuggets, to your point, Jeremy, Bones Highland has been doing well. And Kyle, thank you for the you know statistics and everything. They have lost three of their last four. Two. They lost to Cleveland in overtime, 119 to 116 back on Friday, March 18th. And then they lost to the Celtics, who we we mentioned before. And they lost 124 to 104. And then they beat the Clippers, and then they lost to the Phoenix Suns. They have an easier schedule, I would say. They have the Oklahoma City Thunder, Charlotte, who's been playing a little bit better, the Pacers, who are terrible, Minnesota, who's uh, uh, the La- the Lakers. <laughs> Minnesota, uh, she wants to, she call Minnesota bad? Yeah. Clay, are you kidding me? Uh, I don't know. Clay, okay, what? listen. What, what do you mean? <laughs> what, the, the Minnesota Timberwolves, Clay, they're... Forty-three and thirty-two. The they've been seed. in the sixth seed. More, they've been as high as the sixth seed this year. Carl Anthony Towns has been an all-star center. D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards are playing like all-stars in the second half. They have the best record in the NBA post-all-star break. I need you to take but, that back. But Jeremy, what what are the Minnesota Timberwolves going to do in the playoffs? What do you what do you really think they're going to be a seven seed? You know, you know what I'm saying? Hey. No. Look at what they've done. They've been doing really well. I would agree with that, but I but just you just you just alluded to them like they were terrible. I don't know. They're the Minnesota Timberwolves. I know we have our friend Marab, who's like a huge fan of the and Minnesota Timberwolves, but I don't I don't understand. Gonna... I I don't know. Yeah, they beat they beat Dallas, but what it. Can they compete with any of these yes, other teams? Yes, they've proven it. Seriously, you think that they, they can they, beat they the beat, Suns? They, uh, never mind. Or I mean, the Warriors, or any of these other the teams? They beat the Warriors March 1st. Yeah. The Warriors, they beat Portland back-to-back. I don't know. They beat Miami. That. They beat Miami. They scored 149 points against the Spurs. They beat the, they beat the Bucks by 19 points. So you think they're a sleeper team? Yeah, they say? played so well this season. They beat Denver. 
They've beaten the Hornets. So they beat, they they beat Memphis. Do, but, Jeremy, what are they going to do in the playoffs? Be competitive. I don't know. They played the Celtics so Okay, well. but you, you, you don't have to say they're going to be competitive, but just at least take take back the fact that you just said, oh, like there weren't a good team. Uh, yeah, I, I kind t- of I take it. I take it back. Okay. I think, no, you're right. Okay. They have won. To be honest, you're right, Jeremy. I haven't really paid attention to the Timberwolves, and that's a good okay. point. They have won four of their last five. They've been a lot of good teams this year. A lot. Yes, but they did just – I mean, they beat the Mavericks last night, but they did just recently lose to the Suns are, and the Mavericks. But they, they've beaten you know, the Bucks and the Lakers and everything. I just don't know if they can really piece it together. Okay, they're 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. They're, they're, they're 29-20 in conference, if that means anything. They're, they, they're in a, in the, if they were in the Eastern Conference right now, they would be the 5 seed. They would be the five seed. So, I'm just saying that's they, don't, why. they don't deserve their stereotypical. Oh, they're the Minnesota Timberwolves. Well, anymore. that's what we just talked about, right? Yeah. It's the difference between the 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 East and the West in that regard. So, that's kind of the huge yes. point. You yes. know what? You're right. Okay. I don't know why okay. I got so harped on the Minnesota Timberwolves. They've just been so bad for so long that you just think like, oh yeah, the Minnesota Timberwolves. I forgot they're a team. All right, that's you fair. know what I mean? Yep. Like I just forgot. So that's kind of my point. Um, do you guys have anything else in terms of NBA? Do you guys want to head to a break, or do you guys want to talk about? I'm NBA ready for action? baseball. Let's do You're it. ready for baseball. Perfect. Yeah, we're back. What happened over break? I talked. I talked to some of the owners, and yeah, they, they realized they had to get their stuff together. Kyle's grandfather and, finally, yeah. you know, yes, his grandfather. Because you go aside, and yeah, it was it was, it was pretty pretty effective. It's pretty eventful. Yes, right. very much so. But yes. Oh. News. <laughs> Kyle nah. the news. You have news? No, no. It was uh, it's Adam Schefter saying that it's NFL. Uh, what? The Jets signed Greg Zerline from the Cowboys. <gasps> Whoa, Greg Zerline! <laughs> wow, really efficient. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, baseball's Jets. back. Spring training in full swing. Lots of free agency moves to talk about. The first thing I want to address is the Atlanta Braves because they lost Freddie Freeman, and there are a lot of Atlanta Braves fans upset. But in the end, I think they are better off because I think they are better off because I think they are better off because we signed guys like Eddie Rosario, and they traded a lot of their prospects. What's it? What team is this, Jeremy? Atlanta Braves. Atlanta Braves for Matt Olson of the Oakland Athletics, who is four to five years younger, also a lefty who is for a lot of power and gets on base with a high average and OBP, and additionally is a better defender than Freddie Freeman. So I think the Atlanta Braves are in a better position following their World Series championship. And they also will have Acuna back around May, I believe. Yes, I, I, I believe they're very efficient. And the Freddie Freeman signing, I don't know. It kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I don't know how you guys By felt about it. Yeah, for the Dodgers, and he signed that whole extension. I thought he was always going to be a lifelong like, well, uh, brave. As soon as they traded for Olsen, you knew he wasn't going back. Right. Okay. As, as soon as they mm-hmm. traded for Olsen, it's kind of hard, you know, to trade for a player of that caliber and say, oh, yeah, we're going to resign someone who's been with the, the team for his, pretty much his entire career. Right. My main thing is with, uh, Los An- with the Dodgers, if you don't win the World Series, it's a bust. It is. And it's been like that probably the past few That's years. That's the case for a lot of teams this year, I think. If you don't win the World Series, it's a failure. I, I agree with you. Especially, obvi- yeah. obviously, you look at that lineup, you know, it, it was crazy to think in past years, like, oh, yeah, they just added Mookie Betts. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be that crazier. And, you know, that year they ended up did winning. But then you add Freddie Freeman to the mix. If you don't 
win the World Series, it's 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 not good. It's yeah, not good. No, it, it isn't. It isn't good. And you you sign these, you get these these players, and you just hope that they're they're the best. And you know, you look at the you look at the Dodgers roster right now, and you and you look at them, and it's a good team. I mean, you have as we talked about at the top of the hour, they have Trevor Bauer, and they have. A bunch of young guys, I would say, that could be in the rotation and everything. Um, you know, Kershaw is obviously getting older, but he's still, you know, a dominant pitcher. Um, they have Tommy Canely, who is from uh, a hometown in Albany. Um, Tommy Canely, who was a former, former Yankee, Yankee legend. Former Yankee. He was recovering from Tommy John all last season. It'll be interesting to see how he does this year. They have Danny Duffy, a Kansas City Royals legend. Um, as well, yeah. Tony Gonsolin with the the long hair and the the beard. Listen, not to sway from the conversation, but I just want to say, I think with the MLB, I know in the past I don't really know much baseball, but I'm going to do my best this this year up until when I graduate in May to know baseball and understand. I don't do know. you agree? <laughs> Do I agree? I don't know. Do, do, are you, is that like? <laughs> I'll be following baseball as much as the next person will be. I love, it's my fa- it's my favorite sport to follow. Clay, exactly. So <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Um, we have about ten minutes left or so. Um, do you guys want to go into the Yankees and the Mets? Yeah, I can, yeah. I can start with yeah. some Yankees yeah. go, stuff. Go ahead, Jeremy. What's been going on with the Yankees in terms of spring training? Still They're waiting on Garrett Cole to pitch. They had a very eventful post. Not I don't would say eventful, but very controversial post lockout. They Resign Anthony Rizzo, and they traded Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela to the Minnesota yes, Twins they did. Yep. Mm-hmm. for Josh Donaldson, who had to put his beef aside with Garrett Cole, as well as right. Right. I Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. And I'll tell you what, IKF, a lot of people... He's a, not, ca- he's a catcher, correct? He's, short, he's, short, he's, 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 he's okay. a utility guy. He's, he's played outfield, he's, he's played guy. infield, he's, he's played, played catcher. He's, played catcher. he's won gold glove at third base. And I think he is the solution to the Yankees at shortstop. Now, the one issue that they're facing is there will be an odd man out because you have Higashioka as your starting catcher. Donaldson will play third. Rizzo at first. LeMay at second. Or LeMay, LeMay, well, that's the thing. IKF at, at short, so keep second base aside for now. And then you have Judge, Stanton, and Gallo, yeah. and Hicks, one of them will, of which will have to DH. But then also you go back to the middle infield and you have LeMayu and Stanton. So, Lemayu uh, and, and Torres, my bad. So, you have Lemayu, Glaber Torres, and Aaron Hicks. One of those three is not going to be playing on a daily basis. How, how do you feel about those particular points about just like any of the trades or anything that's been going on, Kyle, you know, in terms of what Jeremy just said? Um, I understand with uh, Gary Sanchez, you know, he, he his last few years in the Bronx weren't necessarily the – the prettiest, you know, obviously when he came up, he was, everyone was like, oh my God, this guy's the future. And then, you know, since then it, it kind of hasn't continued that way. But uh, I think it's, I'm trying to word this. I think it's pretty disgraceful to have uh, Kyle Higashioka as your starting catcher. Disgraceful. Dis- disgraceful. Why would you say disgraceful? I, 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 I don't have anything against him, but I just feel like, I don't know if he could, I just don't know if he was, like, would you trust him with having like a full 162 games? Would you trust him for? He's a full not going to play a one full one sixty two. They could be well, tra- well, well. You they, trust well, him as the starter for a full season. I think they have to. I think part of the well, part of the trade of the Donaldson trade is they got Ben Wartvet, who is he got injured. He's, so, he's, he could yeah. be. He, he'll likely be ready for opening day. 
um, known for his defense, which I think Yankee fans have been screaming for. Yeah. And the harsh reality yeah, they is— have been. That was the most—that was the best thing that they probably did. And the, the, and the reason why I was such a Gary Sanchez defender, some. though, in the first place was the harsh reality in Major League Baseball is offensive catchers are really not—they are rare at best. Gary Sanchez is, rank, is statistically the best offensive catcher in baseball, and you saw how much people hated him. Right. So getting a guy like Rort Vett who can play defense, you have Higashioka who is a good defender and hits for power. I think as much as I would like to get a Sean Murphy from Oakland or someone a little bit better, I think with the lineup you have as the Yankees, is all, I think defense is really what you have to prioritize the catcher. Definitely. And that's what they've done here. Good. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree with that point. You know, obviously I'm not a huge baseball fan, but just like listening about what people have been saying is that with the Yankees – Catching has been, and defense, Gary Sanchez, you know, Garrett Cole is throwing 100 miles an hour, and for some reason, Garrett, Gary Sanchez can't catch a, a, yeah. a ball. I don't, I don't know, like, yeah. what is going on. But, yeah, he's moving on to Minnesota. Another huge signing, Luke Voigt. How did you guys feel about that, you know, him uh, going to the Padres? It was a good move. And Honestly, he was one of those guys that with Rizzo coming in, he was one of the odd men out. Right. I, I hate to be—I feel like I'm being too much of an optimist right now, but as much as I love Luke Voigt, last year he was on the injured list five times. Five separate times, I wow. believe. Or three. Okay. It was three, or three to five separate yeah. times. And Rizzo stays healthy. Plays better defense and hits for more contact and and can and will hit for his fair share of power. While the return for Voight isn't exactly probably what you want right now, it gives you another pitcher in your farm system that you could potentially trade off at the deadline. It does something for you, for, or for the for the team. I just think you know Voight. Thankful for him, he doesn't fit this current roster bill that the Yankees are trying to accomplish right yeah, now. Yeah, I agree. I agree as well. Yeah, it's been hard with the injuries, as you said, Jeremy. Yes. Kyle, what are your points about Luke Voigt? Do you, are you going to miss him? You know, the energy that he brought into the Yankees organization in a day-in, day-out basis. What what are your feelings about Luke Voigt? I, I kind of brought this up before, but Voigt was one of those guys where, again, he when it wasn't being on the field, whether it being injured, and then when he would be back, he would be an odd man out, and he would have to try to get back into that rhythm as quick as possible. I, I feel like, as of right now, that move was something that, you know the Yankees kind of had to move, especially with the resign with the getting Anthony Rizzo back. I think it's going to be interesting. I hope he, I hope he succeeds in San Diego, honestly. But you know, just kind of with the scenario with how the roster was, he kind of was the odd man out. And when he wasn't, when he wasn't healthy, or when he when he was injured and he came back healthy, he had to find his rhythm and especially when you have a roster as packed as the Yankees have with all those all the star power. Yes, of course. You have to get it started quick because if not, you're just going to sit down on the bench. That's a very great point. I know we have a little bit of time. Um, I don't know if it's established yet, but who do you guys have in terms of the Yankees lineup for this upcoming season? I have, well, I kind of mentioned there's going to be an odd man out, but if I had to guess where Boone's going to go, he did say everybody didn't get their at-bats that they, they, they need to get throughout the season. I don't know if you really have a specified opening day lineup because there's, again, it's a little bit inflated, this this offensive roster, which is also a good problem because Yankee fans are always complaining about the team they have. Lots of good hitters. I think you have Donaldson, Kiner Falefa, DJ LeMahieu, and 
Rizzo with Higashioka catching on, in the infield. And then I think the outfield's going to be Gallo, Judge, and Stanton. I think they're going to give Hicks the non-opening day nod just because Stanton can play the outfield and that will allow them to get Glaber Torres' batted at DH and play LeMahieu at second base. I think Hicks will get his fair share of time in center field while Judge and Stanton get days off or LeMahieu gets days off because this is, this is not the youngest team in the world and they're, they, have a, they have an injury history. But I think that in the end, you see Glaber Torres in there at the opening day lineup. That's really great, yeah, and that's very important to say. I know we have final time, but just one point. How did you guys feel about the Anthony Rizzo extension as well, the two-year extension that he had? I mean, how do you, how do you feel when, about it, when that, it comes to, from a hitter's perspective and from a clubhouse perspective, it, it's, a good, it's a good person that you keep on the roster. And, you know, just someone who could help out in those scenarios where, you know, times might be tough, but, you know, he's had to deal with it before. I feel like it's a good get for that perspective, and he's also pretty good. He's a pretty good baseball player, so I, I think it's a good get for the Yankees. Definitely as well. Any we have about a minute left or so, Kyle. Do you have any any potential? Do you have any contrasting points to what Jeremy said about the Yankees lineup and what they've been doing? I, I was trying to look through some of the the old spring training lineups because th- there was one where I know it was it had Lemayhu lead off Judge Gallo Stanton Donaldson then it was Hicks Torres IKF and Higashioka where I remember looking at that and that's a few of the rosters where when they have all the MLB players I, I think that that's kind of what the Yankees roster is going to look like and th- this was actually from their seven to one win over Baltimore where. You know, you had LeMahieu at first, Judge in right, Gallo in left. You had Stanton DHing, and, you know, that could switch off again with Hicks sometimes DHing or whatnot. Then you had Donaldson at third. They had Hicks in center, Torres at second. And then they had IKF at shortstop, and then obviously Higashioka at catcher. If you think about it, the defense in this infield is really good. Donaldson has a very good defensive history, though he's up there in age. IKF, a really good glove. LeMahieu has done a very good job at second base, and Rizzo is a gold glove winner at first base in his career. And Agashioka, we've seen, we've trusted, we, people have trusted him on defense. This is a lineup that's going to hit, that underperformed last year, made the wild card game, and the defense, which fans have been complaining about for so long, is there. So I really, I, I see, I have no issues. I think the Yankees are going to be a World Series contender this year, and that's how I wrap wow, up my statement that, this year. that's show. amazing. We have some final points. Anything you guys want to say before we, we wrap up? I mean, baseball is back, and I know in these next few weeks, when spring training wraps up and we get to actual season play, there's going to be a lot to talk about, especially from the Yankees' perspective. And I know we didn't get that much to talk about, at least from the Mets' side of things, but again, two things you have, DeGrom and Scherzer. So that, that that's going to be a duo to watch. Very nice. Jeremy, any final points? Let's go Yankees. Aisha Boston has been playing really well for South Carolina. Watch them, you know, for women's basketball. Nice. That's going to do it for us. My thanks to Kyle DeSantis as well as Jeremy Goldstein. I'm your host, Clayton Davis. Coming up next is Dribbling Around with Connor Glunt, Jaden Becker, and Dane Richardson. Dane's, Dane's out. Dane's <laughs> out. Sorry. Dane is not here, but them too. It's going to be a great show. Thank you for listening. You are listening to VICRadio.org.